1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I believe that's what I told Lee. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. When you find it, stand with me as we read it together. And I want to I want to back up. I want to start reading there along about verse 8, I guess. Paul was writing to the church at the Thessalonians church. And he said, but let us, who does that tell us he's talking to? He said, but let us who are of the day be sober or clear-minded, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation. Where's your hope at today? If Jesus came today, where's your hope be at tonight? Would it be in heaven? Or would it be in hell? For God, in verse 9, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 10, who died for who? Who died for us that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. You say, what's he saying there, wake or sleep? Whether we are awake or whether we're dead, when he comes, We're going to be with him. He's talking about the future of your eternity this morning. So whether we wake or whether we sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, he said, comfort yourselves together and edify one another even as also ye do. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly and comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man. I think that's talking to women too. We don't let you off there. But ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. That's good, ain't it? In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning who? Concerning us. Verse 19, quench not the spirit. That means don't put the fire out. Despise not prophesying. Verse 21, prove all things, hold fast, that which is good. Abstain from all, A-L-L, all appearances of evil. 
and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do his. Brother Billy, would you ask us on this word? <clears throat> yes, Lord. Amen. You may be seated or whatever you want to do. But I was, God just gave me this this morning, I guess you might say, because I had plans in preaching in another place. But I kept feeling that God, I wasn't where God wanted me at. And if you preachers here today or teachers, you'll know what I'm saying. Sometimes we think we've got what God wants, but we come down to it, it's not what God wants. If we're not careful, it's what we want. But we want to do what God wants us to do this morning. And so Paul was writing to the Thessalonian church there. And he was writing over in chapter 4. He was writing about when the rapture takes place. How many believe that's soon to come? That the rapture takes place. And so in chapter 4 he was writing about that. In that last verse in chapter 4 after he was writing about the rapture and so on and so forth, he said, wherefore comfort one another with these words. So we need to take the word of God today and we need to use it to comfort somebody else. Hey man, because it's only the word of God that we're going to find any peace and any comfort in in this world. Hey man, I know there's people out there today and they're searching here and they're searching there. They're looking for this and they're looking for that to try to find something that will satisfy them. But who believes that the world has got anything out there that can satisfy their yearnings today? The Bible tells us that the world does not have any peace. Amen. Jesus said before he went away and he told his disciples, uh, what was sad, he said, I'm going to leave you, he said, and I'm going to go back to my father. And the Bible said that it teaches us that Jesus was, or the disciples were sad. But Jesus told them, over 15 chapter, I believe it was of St. John's Gospel, but Jesus told them, he said, it's expedient for the, that I go away. In other words, it's important that I go. Could you imagine if Jesus hadn't went away? Back to heaven where you and I would be at today. Where do you believe that he's at today? He, The Bible says he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. How many believe that this morning? And the Bible tells us he's sitting there, not just to be sitting there, but he's sitting there for what reason? He's interceding for you and I when we fail. And Tony done said this morning, some of you wouldn't admit it, but... Uh, uh, 
he said in there because the Bible says we all fail and come up short. Amen. We all sin from time to time, but Jesus died for us, and he said at the right hand of the Father interceding for us because from time to time uh, we are going to fail in one way or another. Uh, you know, a lot of people think, well, you know, uh, I, I ain't got drunk, I quit drinking, I quit uh, doing this, and I quit doing that. Uh, and they think that that's going to get them to heaven. Hey, man. Uh, they say, well, I've done good. You know, I've quit all the bad habits. I've quit all of them. Uh, but the Bible says that we can sin uh, just as well by not doing as we do by doing. You say, explain that, preacher. The Bible said... Uh, Hey man, well over John, written over John, uh, St. John's Gospel, chapter 14 and 15, or chapter 15 and 14, one to the other. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Hey man, now you may quit drinking, you may quit all of these habits, or most of them, or maybe all of them, but still, that don't exempt you from being perfect. Because the Bible said, He that knoweth to do good, what? And doeth it not, it is what? The Bible says it is sin. So if we know to do good, and we've done here at the Sunday school class, we know to do good. We know when we come to God's house, we know why we're supposed to come to God's house. We know we come to God's house to worship Him and praise Him. Amen. And when God tells you to testify, and you sit there... Uh, and look over and say, well, I better not. It's no telling what they think about me. Uh, or somebody goes to the altar, supposed to be a Christian, uh, and people will sit there and they'll look around and they'll say, whisper, they'll say, I wonder what he's done or I wonder what she's done that they're going to the altar. Is that the right way to do things? That's not the right way to do things. Hey, man, the Bible says, he that doesn't do good to do it, not to him any sin. So, when we fail God, amen, or if we're sitting in the church house and God tells us to raise our hand, then do we raise them every time? When the Holy Spirit sweeps by you and you feel them what you call the Holy Ghost bump, you know, and the Lord says, well, we'll give a windy chair and the preacher preaches hard out and you sit there and you say, well, say amen. You ain't saying amen to the preacher. Amen. You're not praising the preacher. You're just agreeing that somebody is preaching you the word of God. Amen. So many people today, so many people today wants to take God's praise. Amen. Well, look what I am. Oh, I'm a superintendent in the church. Look what I am. I'm the pastor. I'm the boss in the church. The Bible said, Him that is the greatest among you, let him be servant of all. So all I am today, Brother Mark, all I am today, I'm just like you are today. All I am today, I'm just a servant of Jesus Christ. And I'm glad that I am. Amen. I'm glad it ain't about me, but I'm glad it is for me. And I'm talking about salvation, hey man. I'm talking about the praises of God. This morning, you know, I read over the Bible, over the book of Isaiah, and Isaiah was told the children of Israel, they've got just like we've got in America today, I guess, according to the Word of God. And Isaiah told, Isaiah told Israel, Said people said you forgot how to worship the Lord. 
Somebody get Lord a hand to praise. Let's wake up in the house of God today. We're supposed to be the one that's alive, not the world out there. We're supposed to be the one shouting and praising God for the blessing that He blessed us with, not the world out there. The church has got a lot quieter than what the world is. The world is not ashamed of who they are and not ashamed of what they're doing. The Bible said there'd be a time come uh, that they would do the thing that's happening today. Hey, man. Uh, and I might as well suggest to say it. They may shut me off. But the Bible said there'd come a date, honey, uh, that they would do these things and not be ashamed of them. Uh, you say, what thing? Men live with men and women live with women. Hey, man. That is abomination to God. Uh, and they can cut me off if they want to. But you have heard it this morning. They can call it abortion all they want to, but the Bible calls it murder, hey man, when they're taking the lives of these little innocent kids. I couldn't preach this in some churches because they'd throw me out the door. But it's sad, isn't it? It's sad that we as a church has gotten this shape. It's sad that we as a nation has got to this point that we're in today afraid to uphold the Word of God and afraid to say what the Word of God said. No matter we are spiritually dying out. No matter, I mean, no wonder the church is dead and dried up. They say, oh, they call it freedom of speech, freedom of speech. Uh, yeah, that's what they call it. Uh, and it is freedom for so certain people, uh, but it's not freedom for other people, Brother Billy. Uh, they want to put you in jail or crucify you. Uh, we was talking this morning uh, about uh, the, the gay marriage and all that poor church. Uh, and I said, no, I won't do it. Uh, and Billy said, there may come a time you'll have to and they'll put you in jail. Uh, I said, let me tell you something. They may put me in jail for doing it. I don't say they won't, but I'm going to tell you something. It won't be the first time I've been there, hey man, but it'll be the first time I've been there for preaching what thus saith the Word of God. I'm like the Apostle Paul. I'll be content wherever I'm at as long as I'm content with God this morning. God, I didn't know that it was going this way, but I'm glad that it is. I never know, Brother Tim, when I get in the pulpit, I can read it, I can study it, I can read it, I can study a scripture, and I never know when I walk in this pulpit which way God's are going or nothing. But I do know one thing. I have had him to change the message uh, sitting on the front pew some for another. Hey, man, uh, he would be somewhere revival. God passed by and say, no, you don't preach that tonight. And boy, I tell you, first time or two he done me that way, I about had a heart attack. I about got up and walked out of the church. My hands got sweaty and everything. And I thought, Lord, what am I going to do? He said, just do what I told you to do. You know what God told me to do when he called me to preach? And I was telling him, I couldn't, I didn't know what to say. He said, it ain't about you, it's about me. You ain't the preacher. God said, I'm the preacher. He said, you stand as my servant. And he said, I'll put words in your mouth. 
Folks, quit worrying about what I walk in the pulpit, what God's going to do, because I know that I'm going to follow God. Whatever which way He goes crazy, that's the way I'm going to go. Now, I know that a lot of them don't like the way that God just went a while ago, the way I went, but that's the way God said to go. And He said, go warn the people. He said, the call them coming back. And He said, you better tell them the truth. And I'm going to tell you how I'd rather you get mad at me for preaching you the truth uh, and I'll be clear myself. Uh, and I'd rather you get mad at me but somewhere down the road you will listen to the Word of God and you will get saved. Uh, and I'd rather preach to you uh, going through the gates of hell uh, and the pack are going through the gates of heaven uh, than, to, uh, than to pat you on the back uh, going through uh, the gates of hell. I've had preachers say, well, boy, I can't preach like you do in my church. I'll say, what are you talking about? Well, I can't preach that away. The church has told me I can't preach about drinking. I can't preach about gay marriage. I can't do this. I said, well, I'm going to tell you something. You're in the wrong church. I don't care to tell them. To me, and I hope some of them are listening, I don't care. But to me, Brother Eric, if God is called a preacher to preach the gospel, that is the truth. And the preacher lets people, lets people get involved with his calling of God. And when a preacher gets to the point that the church tells him what to preach and how to preach, and what he can preach on and what he can't preach on, uh, that I'm going to tell you something. He's called a preach to start with. He's there for the wrong thing. That's to fill his bill for. I had one to tell me one time. He said, Brother Ralph, he said, I listened to your sermon the other Sunday. And he said, man, I loved it. He said, I told some preachers this week. He said, I'll tell you what we all or to get behind that preacher. And we all are to start preaching like he's preaching. And he said, some of them told me, he said, well, we can't or they'll throw us out of the church. If it ever comes to the point, Brother Mike, that I can't preach uh, the truth and warn the people uh, about sin, and if God says something sin, uh, then it is sin. Uh, and if I can't warn the people and do what God has called me to do uh, to try to out of hell uh, and hell is for eternity uh, and if I can't preach the true gospel uh, and the full gospel of Jesus Christ uh, you just tell me if I can't preach it here uh, and you won't have to throw me out I'll walk out on my own amen because he's somewhere someplace uh, out there uh, the people who want to hear the word of God uh, they're still wanting to hear the truth amen I was watching a football game. Bo, was it yesterday or day four yesterday? He was pouring down the rain. Was it Georgia or? Anyway, everywhere I was watching, people were just pouring down the rain. People were running, people were sliding, pouring down the rain. 
and not hundreds, but thousands of people, thousands of people, sitting out there in that rain. And boy, they were just jumping up, and they was a clapping, and they was a holler, go, go, go. Women's hair was down in their face. <laughs> Men's hair was down. They were just drenched. It pouring down the rain. And I just thought, I, I just thought, how stupid can people be? Think about it. Think about it. These big grown men, some of them three and four hundred pounds, twenty some years old, look like bodybuilders. Some of these little skinnyans, they call them running back or receiver or whatever, out there and head just absolutely pouring down the rain. And they was running after a little round ball they call a football. It's made out of peat, uh, out of pig skin. Is that what it's made out of? And here they was about to kill one another just to get that ball. Looked up in the crowd. They're like, yeah, get him, yeah, get him. Just going crazy, knocking one another over sideways and all. And I just thought, I wonder how many of these people will be in the house of God in the morning lifting their hands and screaming and praising God that way. I'm not preaching against seeing to play football. I'm not preaching in. I'm just preaching. To me, it's just pretty stupid out there. I know you play football. <laughs> but I know you my friend and I know you ain't going to hurt me. But I love football. I love basketball. I love volleyball. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with any sale. I love it all. I've been to Kentucky Wildcats games. I know how they act up there. And I don't act no different. I'm just like them. Kentucky makes a three-pointer, goes there and slam jams one, look like her head up by the rim. I'm probably the first one up off my pew hollering, yeah, that's the way to go. And they're all doing it all around me. Nobody pays no attention to me what I'm doing. Because everybody else is doing it. And I've just thought, if that's the way the church would be, y'all didn't know that's coming, didn't you? Huh? I just thought if that's the way the church would be, then there'd be some worshiping going in in God's house instead of sitting back over there and saying, well, I need to praise the Lord. I need to get up and I need to testify. I need to do that. I need to do that. But what's so and so? What's Mike going to say about me if I do that? What's Mark going to say about me? What's Tim going to say about, about it? What's Slick going to say about it, Tim, if I stand up and praise God? Oh, they liable say, I wonder what they'll think about it. And while you're wondering what everybody else says, you've done missed a blessing and God's going on somebody else. God ain't going to hang around. He's going to tell you to bless them and praise them. And if you don't, he said, I'll find the people. He said, if I have to, I'll get the rocks and the hills, amen, to fly out and worship me.
But I just thought if we would praise God as much as these sports praises their players, I can't get it off. Just I mean, just going crazy and acting that way. Over oh, is it Pisky and you run after? I know one thing. If I was playing football, Soto was in there, tackler, and I seen him coming at me, I'd pitch a ball at him and I'd go the other way. I wasn't going far to him tackling me. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this. Who died for us, that whether we live or die, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourself together and edify one another, even as also ye do. We're come to church to edify one another. There's not a service that we go to in church that somebody ain't a hurting, somebody ain't got problems, somebody ain't got trouble, somebody ain't got sickness, somebody ain't got death in their family. Every service, there's somebody in it. And I'm going to go this far. Every service we have, everybody in that service has got some need in their life. Amen? Because changes are Everybody in here has got a family member out there down the line somewhere that is not saved and on their way to hell. So we need to get concerned, amen. We need to get concerned. We need to quit saying, well, I want my kids to have more than I had. Well, I did mine too, but I didn't want to overdo it. I wanted them to know how I got mine, and I wanted them to learn to do the same thing. By working. Amen. But you know we've got. We've got our priority. Out of line. How many agree with that? Our priorities is out of hand. Out of line. You say well, what is our priority? I'll tell you what the first priority is. Jesus said, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and I'll add all these other things to you. He said, you put me first. He said, you put me first. Do we have God first in our life? Do we have God first in our life? Or do we have our family first in our life? Do we put our family first in life? Is that what Jesus said to do? Well, I've just named two of you, two of them there, and people done say it. No, and that's telling me that their priorities is out loud. What about? What about church? What about church? Where's that coming there at? Three priorities we've got out of order. God first, family second, church third. Boy, I don't know it. You say, boy, he's pointing right at me. He must know I'm guilty. You got pointing right at me. I want you to look. When I'm pointing you, I've got six of them pointing back at me. Because I'm not perfect either. And I'm not just screaming at you. I'm not just telling you all this stuff. Blow wind. I'm just telling you we're living in time. We need to get our priorities in line. Amen. We need to realize who Jesus really is. You know, 
you know, there's so many people, and I, I know this, and I have, and I and I know this probably more than anybody else in this building because 13 years I spent Tony in a jail ministry uh, with young men and young women, uh, and many of them didn't know it was who Jesus Christ was. You say, well, how's that possible? Because their parents never took them to church. Their parents never told them about Jesus Christ. And the only place they could hear about Jesus Christ was in the behind in the bars incarcerated if some preacher was willing to go tell them about Jesus Christ. I've had them come up to me after church, Mark, and I've had them come up to me and they say, Preacher, can we talk to you? I said, well, sure you can. They say, this man you said died for us. I said, who is he? I said, who is he? How many of you thought there's people out here in this world today that didn't know who Jesus Christ was. Well, let me tell you something. There's a lot of people out there today that don't know who Jesus Christ was. So if we had Jesus first in our life, and then our family second, we'd be a whole lot better off. We'd be a whole lot better off. If we if we had done that, if we had done that, let me tell you something. There wasn't many, many innocent kids today dying on drugs is what they are today if they had been brought up as parents the way they should have been brought up and told about and warned about. You know why they wasn't? Brother, because a lot of the parents were doing the same thing and their kids seen them doing. Are we living in perilous times or not, church? We're living in times, Paul said, there come a time, perilous times are here. These things that was prophesied would happen in the last days, they're happening right here before us and we're sitting here allowing Satan to blind us on them. Oh, we'll go to church if we want to go to church. 